this is Neighbours and I'm Thayer and I have a special guest. This is Hunter Smith. Hello. Hunter, um, you might know if you Google him, he's had a star-studded week. <laughs> <laughs> he was photographed at Ding Dong Denise Drysdale's garage sale. I was. And Sorry to impress you. CJ is sick, so we are recapping Neighbours and I don't think Hunter is not a regular viewer. He's usually at work when Neighbours is on. That's right. So we've done a couple of episodes and a crash course on everything that's going on. But I'll present the view of the, the every man. Yeah, because you, you're aware of Neighbours enough. It's been in our culture Oh, enough. yeah. I've had a long history of Neighbours. I used to be a diehard fan. Oh, when? In what era? Uh, well, it started off probably with the arrival of the Kennedys. <gasps> right 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Yeah, maybe until maybe six years ago, I reckon I tapped out. Well, that's enough of a foundation. That's a really yeah. strong foundation. Yeah. Okay. Really strong foundation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we kicked off last week with a wedding. It was a wedding on a Monday. It's not often that you get these big milestone episodes on a Monday. No, cheap, cheap reception venue on a Monday, though. Yeah, it was It was the waterhole, as it happened. <laughs> cheap by name and nature. <laughs> Which is where they had their Bucks Night and Hens Night. So it was Georgia and Kyle's wedding. Now, Georgia is Toadie's cousin mm. from the country. Mm. And does, Kyle... Does Kyle, sorry, do they have a fish name? No, she doesn't have a fish name. Oh, I don't know shame. why. Bridefish. There you go. Yeah, Bridefish. And Kyle is from Frankston. And that's all that's all you need for Kyle. He's the resident <laughs> he's the resident handyman. Okay, sure. Well he's done all right. <laughs> and there was a threat of the wedding not actually happening because the Friday night's cliffhanger was Georgia alone in a car park in Frankston, having slept in her car all night. Oh. But eventually she gets there and what happened is she camped out all night in her car because she and was... went to Smorgies? Because <laughs> that's a... If you're going to turn the day around, you go to Smorgies. Sadly, she, there was no mention of Smorgies. <laughs> no champagne breakfast. No. Smorgies. She'd gone there to talk Kyle's mate Honga, Honga, who is unseen. He's one of these fantastic unseen characters that we always hear about mm. getting up to all these hijinks. Mm. Honga wasn't going to come to the wedding and Georgia went to talk him round and apparently she did and they had beers. She got on the beers with Honga mm. and wanted to have a little kip before getting behind the wheel to drive and then slept in Frankston all night in her car. Oh, well, she sounds like a right classy bird. <laughs> yes. So she comes back, but her hair's a mess and it's like teased up and buffy. Mm. So that's the big wedding day crisis is Georgia's got bad hair. Meanwhile, Kyle is doing a, a pre-wedding morning with the fellas. Um, they're doing indoor golf just in his house. I, I don't know why like they... Part to part into the coffee cart pool. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they... Maybe he was practicing on getting a hole in one. A, a... The wink doesn't work right. Doesn't he it? should have practiced more, as we'll find out in a few episodes' time, okay, right. because there were some problems there in the wedding night department. So then we have the wedding. It was actually quite a nice, normal... Wedding. It was a quite a change from your soap person driving off a cliff kind of wedding. It was just a really sweet, suburban, cute wedding. No objections. In the waterhole, none. Susan officiated. She's oh. she's started a side business as a marriage celebrant. Oh, she'd be very good at that. Definitely. Because you know those long blouses she wears? Yeah. They're very wedding celebrant. Yeah, she wouldn't attire. have to double up. No, she could wear one of those long scarves around it too. Mm, I know? think that's what she did mm. wear. Yeah. That's probably where it started. She thought, oh, I already look like it. And work yeah. way backwards. Yeah, so it's great. We just got to get her out of that school now, and she'll be fine. Um, and it was a very old cheapo wedding. They had Amber, the local teenage teenager with a passion for photography. She was their photographer. <laughs> That's quite realistic, though. I guess, yeah. but they didn't pay her though. You've got to pay the people that work for you at your wedding. Not if they're teenagers. Give her something. The woman's sleeping in her car. She doesn't have a lot of money. She's going to say for uni. Yeah, that's, that's not. True. That's not yeah, going to come cheap. Right. Well, let's be tafe. It's yeah. photography. Okay. <laughs> 
And then the dog, Bossy, was the ring bearer, which was very cute. And then Chris, who has been in hospital after a coward punch attack Mm. and has forgotten how to speak and say lots of words. He he knows like every second word. Mm. And Carl said he couldn't come to the wedding, but he did. And it was a big miracle. Now, is Chris the gay one? Yes. Right. But it wasn't a hate crime. It was not a hate crime. Just a traditional coward's punch. Yes, but it was done by the resident ex-swimmer because he had to, he had a bit of a tipple and he didn't know what he was doing. Well, the swimmers really do that, don't they? Who's yeah. that swimmer who had too much to drink and smashed someone's face in? Well, I think maybe that it's just ripped straight from the headlines, yeah. like Law and Order. Yeah, it is. Well, I've noticed them be more topical with their talk of coward punch. Yes, that's very you know very timely. But my biggest disappointment: no honger. What's the point of getting stranded in Frankston, didn't even get to go to Smorgies, and Honga doesn't make an appearance? <laughs> Which is a very unique name for somebody who doesn't actually exist. Well, it's, it's yeah, it's some kind of nickname. Where where does he live? Somewhere. Frankston. Oh, he lives in Frankston. Yeah. I assume he's in Yabby Creek or somewhere else fictional. Yabby you know? Creek is from Home and Away, Hunter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh don't tell me. I know it. Um, it's where the university was. Yep. Eden Hills. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Eden Hills is way too classy for Honga. Eden Hills is where the posh private school is. He, if anything, he'd be in um, Anson's Corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, West Waratah. <laughs> West Waratah. No, that's good. Yeah. And oh, also who turned up from Frankston for the wedding is Sharon, Kyle's mum. And she has broken up with her latest in a long line of boyfriends oh, and right. going stag to the wedding. His auntie, who was a major character a couple of weeks ago, they've shipped her off to shipped her off to Hawaii, so she's not at the wedding just for, because. But she, why, why did she go to Hawaii? Oh, because she was in love with Toadie, and Colette Nan didn't want her to hang around and keep being in love with Toadie. Right. right. So she sent her off to love rehab. Right. In, in Hawaii, Malcolm, a week yeah. before her nephew's wedding. <laughs> so that's the wedding. It's all very cute. But meanwhile, we've got Matt and Lauren, who you've been introduced to. Yes. Matt is an incredibly dull police officer father. And he is angry. He's being an ass to Lauren because a couple of weeks ago in Adelaide, she pashed Brad because they share a child and had an intimate connection. And he's still not over it. There's and a lot of travel going on, isn't there? Yeah, we don't get... Yeah, Adelaide, don't... Frankston, <laughs> Maui, oh, Hawaii. We don't get to see Hawaii. We got to see a car park in Frankston. Oh, God, it'd be good if they tried to do Hawaii, though, wouldn't it? Fantastic. And a lot. Pop, you know, Colette Nan in a sarong. Do you remember in the, um, I don't remember, but I think in the 80s or the 70s, they filmed a soap opera on that same lot, but it was set on a tropical island. And, no. And, and then when they when it went to air, they were getting around in their bikinis. But when they spoke, spoke you could see um, the, the frosty breath coming out because it was so effing cold. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Which still happens sometimes if they have to have a pool party in the backyard pool mm. and they all have to get about in their bikinis. Mm. Yeah. And it's freezing. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt is just giving Lauren the cold shoulder. And so she leaves. She just goes, well, I'm not going to hang around you all day. I'm going home. So she doesn't go to their reception. It's brave. Yeah, but it's really rude. They've it's paid. Move, but it's brave. Like, they've paid. Yeah, they've paid $3.50 for the reception at the watering hole. <laughs> watering hole. And so he's there on his own. Who puts the moves on him? Sharon from Frankston, Carl's mum. They bond over the fact that they've both got partners they can't trust. Or they're recent. One of them's it's recently ironic. single. And she slips him the old Lasseter's hotel room key. Oh. And the episode ends there on his moral dilemma. Dun, dun, dun. And if only he would be that interesting and actually, <laughs> actually, do, actually do something. But no. So we go into Tuesday, which is the morning after the big wedding, and we don't know if he's taken up the hotel key. We open on Georgia and Carl the morning after, both asleep in their hotel bed, both still dressed in their wedding clothes. Oh. And... The picture says a thousand words there. 
<laughs> so you're saying that they didn't? No, they just did not. Mm-hmm. It was they were too tired, which I think is a very realistic portrayal. No, it's not. Weddings too look tired. No, exhausting. I get, no, I get that you would absolutely be tired, but the societal pressure would oh, mean yeah. that you'd push through because nobody wants to wake up the next morning and say, "Oh, he was too tired." It's embarrassing. <laughs> Well, Georgia and Kyle did. They wake up and they realise, oh, we didn't do anything. So Georgia says, let's hop into our sexy wedding night clothes to have sex. Oh, yeah, that's cute. But, uh uh-oh, knock, knock at the door. Sheila, his grandma, Colette Nan, (laughs) walks in, just has her own room key and walks into the hotel suite. Did she stay at the hotel? No, she's popped in because she wants to take them for brunch and open all the wedding presents. Oh, right, right. I was going to say, it's not a long way to go home. It looked pretty early in the morning too. It was like 9am. So that's so. Nan's though. Mine rang me today at 8 and it's a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> what, what, just to have a chat? She rings me to say she doesn't ever know when to call me because she thinks I'm at work all the time. So now I've decided to call before 9 on a Saturday, quote unquote, she said. Yeah, I wish mine would do that. She, she thinks I'm constantly busy and doesn't want to interrupt. Yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. I'll let it go to voicemail if I'm yeah, and actually... I'll call you back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she busts in and they don't know how to get rid of her. So then she brings in Bailey, the teenage whiz kid, who's got a <laughs> laptop full of wedding photos that his sister has taken. And Bailey has to show them all the wedding photos on the laptop. So there's Colette Nan, this 15-year-old kid... And Georgia and Kyle in their undies, sitting on this hotel room bed, looking at photos. Oh, that's quite cute. It was was very cute. And so Kyle pulls Bailey aside and says, I need your help. I've got to get rid of my gran. And Bailey says, why? And he says, because we have to do things that we didn't get to do last night. Oversharing with a <laughs> teenage kid. Especially that kid. He's a nerd burger. Yeah, yeah. like, bazinga. <laughs> His eyes come out and do that thing. like, <laughs> click around. So that was more than he ever bargained hearing. Mm. Bailey's genius solution is to say, but I need your help, Sheila. I need to make a wedding book, an online wedding album. Mm. And Sheila says, let's do it here. And he says, no, I left my charger at home. And it was a genius plan and it worked. Oh, and they leave. And then Kyle and Georgia are left to their own devices mm. and are finally allowed to consummate their marriage. And did they did they start to get into it and then the camera shifted to the like the blowing curtain? In the, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. And we resume with them the next, like a, an hour later, mm. and we're there in wedded bliss. And she says, oh, I love being married. I should have done it sooner. <laughs> that's what marriage is. <laughs> so then Matt comes in looking haggard and we don't know if he's gone the whole nine yards with Shazza <laughs> from Franger. Meanwhile, why isn't she? She hasn't come to brunch to look at the wedding photos and do the presents. So mm. that's a great mother of the groom there. Yeah. She doesn't give two shits. Well, maybe she thought they were having sex. So it <laughs> be more reasonable, really. Just what any normal person <laughs> yeah, would assume. Right. So Lauren is going through the washing and finds the hotel room key from Lassiter's in Matt's pocket. Mm-hmm. Rather than confront her husband, she goes to Lassiter's hotel and has a chat with the receptionist. Mm who is a bit player with a couple of lines. So great day for that girl. Absolutely. And she basically just divulges guest information. Mm. Lauren says, oh, someone's left this. And the, the receptionist says, oh, no, Sharon went back to her room. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, but maybe it's her partner's. And I was the hoping recept- you were going to say she'd be running down the hallways frantically trying the key in every door. Oh, to find I, I would have loved was. that. But then we would have had to have seen the hallway and all true, the doors. True, true, true. I'm getting carried away. Yeah, it's not an unlimited production budget. No, sorry. So Lawrence storms off back home and then confronts Matt and says, I've got, I know you had the hotel room key, 
blah, blah, blah. And Matt is all ho-hum and moping around and says, well, I didn't do anything. She propositioned me, but I was true to my wedding vows and I didn't cheat. I'm not like you and burns her. And so Lauren at this point has had enough. She's over it and I don't blame her. She says, look, we have a problem in our marriage. I can't deal with this. I can't deal with you. Either we fix our marriage or we walk away. Mm. Which is a lot of emotion for for her to express with that relaxo face. (laughs) Just a really relaxed face. Yeah. Just hanging there waiting to be shot. Very relaxed face for someone who works in hospitality and runs a cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that seems like a high stress environment. I just mean that she's never, it's not very, she doesn't seem to be ever really pose acting. Like she's quite natural, yeah. I should be saying, instead of relaxed face. And I, look, Lauren's really won me over in the last couple of weeks, mm. maybe because he'd been such an arsehole to her. Mm. And she had a sneaky patch with her childhood love. And neighbour, though. And neighbour. Well. No, it didn't go down well, yeah, but, it, you know, at least something happened. And I, <laughs> and I was entertained. And he should be appreciative. <laughs> yes. He should be appreciative that I was entertained. That's right. The more interesting she is, the longer he gets to stay around. And he comes back and thinks it over, this ultimatum, and says, and I was getting ready for it. I'm like, they're going to break up and sparks are going to fly and it's going to be great. <laughs> Something's going to happen. He says, I'd like to work on our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have to sit through them working yeah. on their marriage. So yeah, watch this space, guys. Then we have Daniel, Daniel Robinson, who hasn't showered. Surprise, he's living in his car. Now this is the, 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 the spawn of... Of Mary and Joseph, yes. Scott and Charlene, yes. yes. <laughs> but they like the Mary and Joseph of Neighbours. Correct, correct. Right. This is, so he's Jesus. And, and he this dro- was the first time I'd seen him. Yes. I remember when they were casting him. Yep. I thought they would going to get someone who was really good looking. And? Well, he looks a little strung out, doesn't he? Well, I think he actually dresses a lot like the baby Jesus. Yeah. He's wearing a lot of Hessian sacks. Yes. He looks like he's not slept well for a yeah. long time, and I assume no. that was drugs, but it might just be sleeping on the gear stick. Well, apparently he stayed up late at the wedding, which I don't even know why he was invited to that mm. wedding, because he doesn't really know Georgia and Kyle, and he's just moved into Ramsey Street like four weeks ago. Oh, they're the people, they're the worst people at weddings. You know, the ones yeah. that aren't invested enough and just drink the and drink. drain your tab. Yeah, yeah. So he's been employed by this this new villain, Dakota, who may mm. as well be wearing a t-shirt that says mm. villain. Dakota. D- yeah. Yeah. And she, she's employed him because he's a bimbo and she wants to funnel her nefarious activities right. through him. Like she yep. wants him to sign for packages and stuff. Yep. She's a big numpty. Yep. 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 So he's late for this meeting and she takes a call from Carlos, her associate in South America. And he exists purely so she can give away exposition on her end of the phone and tell us that there are dodgy yep. dealings going on. Yep. And she says to Carlos, make sure when you deliver this package that you put it to into... Daniel Robinson's name. And funnily enough, that package arrives that day. Ooh. With Daniel's well, name on it. South American mail, very reliable. FedEx. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's on it. Um, so Daniel is going to start work as this bar manager, which, by the way, is the Pirate Net Studios, where we are currently located oh, and broadcasting. very place. If you can see, there are some drop sheets. They are repainting. They want to turn this place into a bar. Oh, really? To compete with the watering hole? Yeah. It's oh. the water hole. <laughs> Oh, is it? Yeah. What is it? The water hole. Oh, the watering hole. Well, I prefer mine, but okay. that's okay. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> so they're redoing it. And because they're redoing it, there's no scenes in Pirate Net this week. They're all in the laneway out the back of Pirate Net, this like graffiti laneway, which I quite liked. Mm. It was kind of a grungy It was real. Lo- it wasn't location. real graffiti. You could tell that it was like it was on nice boards. That it, it was art department. Like they commissioned it from the local Tate or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Ship some in from Eden Hills, <laughs> West Florida. So Daniel, who's supposed to be this free spirit, gets distracted while he's unloading boxes and takes a photo of a weed that's coming out of the ground. (laughs) 
Okay, so he is mentally challenged then, yeah. is he? And he sends he takes his photo to send to Amber, his photographer girlfriend. Mm. And Paul catches him taking a photo of a weed and says, You are a slacker, like you you're no good and yells at Daniel and Daniel's like, I don't care. I don't want to be a bar manager. I quit. And so he quits and then Paul has to tell Dakota that her bar manager's quit and she's angry because that's mm. going to foil her plan. So then Paul goes to get him back and says, look, she really means a lot to me for some reason. I don't know why. No one usually... But he doesn't know that she's jog-milling him. No, 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 because he can't hear any of the phone calls that she's having. Of course. That says... Yeah. But, oh, he's... Oh, so here's the thing. Oh, this is the one where it's revealed, right? So we don't know yet what this dodgy exchange is going to be like she we know that she's expecting a shipment we think it's drugs right Mm -hmm. so she goes back to the bar where all these boxes of decaf coffee have arrived back to the laneway and daniel boarding blend 43 (laughs) (laughs) it's decaf though oh and dakota grabs a knife and opens one up right there in the street and takes out a decaf packet and pulls out Diamonds. (laughs) Diamonds. <laughs> Brilliant. Of course she does. She's an international jewel thief. <laughs> I'm not even Does she kidding. have a lot of them? Three. Bags? Shipments? Three diamonds. In, Three, in one bag? In her hand. That's all right. we get to see. Right, right, right. So she cuts, yeah, she only cuts open one bag and we see three diamonds. So I don't know if like every second bag. Well, maybe the diamonds are scattered through the coffee to look more like coffee. In, when they're being scanned, that's like a bit a, more subtle. Yeah, that's going to be a logistical nightmare to fish them out, though. Oh isn't no, it? you could get one of those, um, like a sieve, like a large sieve. Oh yeah, with a thick mesh. Yeah, I can't quite tell if they were stuck to the packet or if she dug them yeah, out yeah. or how many or if just those three diamonds, like yeah, are yeah. thousands and thousands. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty. Be careful though, because they don't want thousands. to sell them. No, they don't want someone from the cafe to put them in an espresso. <laughs> <laughs> Which, let's be honest, Daniel would. Mm, he would do that. And it's a bar too, so why is she ordering so much coffee? Daniel explains it as espresso martinis. Oh, so I was, <laughs> I was going to suggest. So maybe it's legit. And but nobody's having decaf espresso martinis. Well, right? I would because often you order an espresso martini late at night. Mm. That's when you want to go home to bed. Mm. Can you tell the kind of ragey nights oh, I have? Have you, have you? Are you telling me that you've genuinely ordered a decaf? I think I may have ordered a decaf oh. espresso martini. <laughs> No, they should have said no. Because they're delicious. They're like they milkshakes. Delicious, they? I don't really like coffee or martinis, and I love an espresso yeah. martini. So. So, so this business is already booming yes. before it's That's opened right. its doors. You've changed your tune. Yeah. I'm what are they coffee for? <laughs> they're going to be rich. <laughs> so, dun-dun-dun, jewel thief. Diamonds. And uh, Shall they play that theme song out? You know, diamonds. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, if it wasn't a podcast and I could afford licensed music... We would totally go out Oh, on right, right. Stop singing because my uh, singing is so realistic. We'll have to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. It'll be picked up on Shazam. Yes. Yeah, so, Miss Bassey. We will pause and take a word from our sponsors to pay for what little of that song you just sang. <laughs> when there's stuff around your house that's busted up and not so grouse, or there's something that needs nailing, am I right? I'll be down there in a while. Just call me, Dialer Kyle. 1-800-DIALER-KYLE. Oh, shit, I forgot to get a phone number that spells something. 1-800-758-746-932. All right, so we'll resume the recap, Hunter, with the middle of the week. Mm -hmm. Detective Mechanic, a.k.a. Brennan, is undercover. So he's not actually a cop again. He is a mechanic, but the Australian Federal Police have commissioned him to go undercover and stalk this Dakota woman because they did a background check on her and she came up a bit shifty. So he's just been asked to do it as a favour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's 
traditional. They'll probably pay him. He'll probably do an invoice. Yeah, true. And he has told Paige, I've got this other job, but he hasn't told her it may involve me pretending to put the moves on this dodgy woman. Has he told her what it is? No. Okay. He just says, I've got, a, I've got a job offer. It, okay. It's probably with my old, it's with my old work. Yeah, okay. And she doesn't ask any questions. Yeah. She's good with that. Yeah. Forgive me, but Paige is Valance, right? Yes. She's Olympia Valance. Which half is sister, very exciting. Half-sister to Holly Valance. Half-sister? Yes. And doing a bang-up job. Doing a very good job. Oh, Paige is my favourite. Yeah, I mean, you would have thought that Holly was the best of the Valances, but yeah. perhaps not. No. And then there's, I think there's a big big gap between them. So Paige has had a, quite a while to hone her craft. Mm. Do they share a mum or a dad, do you know? Probably a dad on the count of the last name. Although Valance is a stage name. But it would be quite insulting if she... If they shared a mum and not a dad, and then she changed her last name to her mum's ex-partner's last name. Wow, you've you've really gone in depth. That would be awkward, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what Mimi McPherson did. Remember Mimi McPherson? (laughs) Of course I do. (laughs) Don't know if anyone listening would. That's that's fine. Something for the Google. Um, I've distracted you terribly with my Mimi talk. (laughs) (laughs) So Paige is going on about how what what a great guy Brennan is. Meanwhile, Paul is really sus on Brennan because he keeps hanging around Dakota, his pseudo-girlfriend who he's funding to buy this bar. And he's not even... You can tell that he's not comfortable using Dakota as a name. No. Like, it's like until this character came aboard, he didn't know it was a name. No, it's a, and it's a very American name. Yeah, it is. He overpronounces it. He says Dakota. Dakota. It's very difficult. For Hasn't Paul. he seen I Am Sam? Yeah, or any movie ever yeah. with that kid. Yeah. Okay, so Paul's going around, sniffing around, trying to figure out what the hell... Detective mechanic is on about. And then he says to Paige, uh, you better go keep an eye on your little boyfriend. And Paige has the line of the week. She goes, hi, I'm Paige. We've not had a conversation. What's your problem? Oh, just a major shade to throw at Paul. <laughs> yeah, which is fantastic because you often see these characters that actually shouldn't ever interact have normal conversations. But she's just called him out going, dude, we don't know each other. I've been here for weeks. We've never done a scene. Yeah. <laughs> What's your issue here? And he says, your boyfriend's sniffing around my girlfriend. Deal with it. So she basically runs off to suss out where Brennan is. She can't find him. And she sees him mm-hmm. going in for the pash by the mm-hmm. lake. Which is a tale as old as time when it comes to television and soaps, isn't it? Yeah. Where from a distance it looks very romantic. Yes. But in person. Although it looked quite romantic in person, actually. He wasn't yeah. really pulling away. Oh, it's that old chestnut of, oh, no, she was kissing me. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Someone... And I was okay with it. It takes quite a while to lean in all that way. Yeah. You've got plenty of opportunities yeah. to stop that. Yeah, because your mind slows down, too. It's like when a um, lizard catches a fly. You know, you think it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and it looked... Not unlike that. So we leave them and we go to Toadie and Sonia. And I've been waiting for this since last week. This is Toadie and Sonia's digital detox. Because mm-hmm. Toadie was cracking down on how much iPad time little Nell was getting. Yes, I enjoy this too. Like Coward Punch, also very topical screen yeah, time. definitely. Have they done ISIS yet, on Neighbours? I thought you said ice. Um, <laughs> well, that's the Robinson boy. Surely, that's what I think he's Yeah, on. surely that's around the corner. Yeah, only a matter of time. Um, no ISIS. And in fact, we don't know Nate, our ex-military character. We mm. don't actually quite know. He was in Afghanistan, but mm. that's all he ever says. Right. He doesn't really say. If he was held hostage or beheaded. Well, he wasn't beheaded. Well, you're assuming that. <laughs> unless unless Carl did some great surgery. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> no, but I think he was mainly building dams and schools and doing all that kind of gear. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Like all the good soldiers do. Yeah, okay. Easy to build a dam if you just drop a bomb in a field, I suppose. It? <laughs> it really is. Voila. It's very efficient. 
Okay, so Mel Malcolm's in town because Carl and Susan had their 20 years. So mm-hmm. They brought back in one of the old characters. Mm-hmm. And Malcolm's... Do you think re- they chose that child because he was the most famous and popular? I think he was the most available <laughs> at that time and they didn't want to go back there with Libby and Jesse Spencer's not yep. coming back anytime soon. Yep. No, no. And he's dropped the bombshell that he's going to have a baby with his partner and there's going to be a little baby on the scene and he's had this sudden panic that he's not going to be a good dad, which I guess is warranted. Mm. He's he, aged as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's actually starting to look like Carl. He's, it's become yeah, very plausible true, plausible family casting. Yeah. 30 years later. Yeah. Okay, so Tony has this idea. Let's give Nell to Malcolm to so he can practice learning how to look after kids. Mm. This is their, their, their tips for him mm. to survive. If she cries, sing Incy Wincy Spider, which they demonstrate to him for a good 60 seconds of mm. screen time. Mm. And with actions, because she'll be so distracted by the actions and the words that she'll stop crying. Yeah, in fact, they said that kids cannot focus on more than three on three things at once. So if you give them a third thing to focus on, one of the initial two, i.e. You crying, will have to be eliminated. To me, that sounds kind of like the sort of urban legend that you get in like Jurassic Park, where they say Tyrannosaurus rexes can't sense... Movement. That's right. No, unless you move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. Can only focus on two things at once, like, which is what they thought about Toadie before he went to the bar. <laughs> so <laughs> there's hope for little Nell yet. <laughs> Definitely. So they've banned screens. Oh, and we see them in the cafe earlier that morning. Sonia's on the iPhone and Toadie goes, no, didn't we discuss this? We're going to have a detox. All right. Puts the phone down. And then as soon as they put their phones down, a song starts playing and they go, what's this song? Let's... Oh. <laughs> Do they say Shazam? They don't. They don't no. say Shazam, but they reach for their phones as if to Shazam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they cannot. Oh. So, so when they, um, I thought that, so are we up to the part where they're giving the baby yet? Yeah. Okay. So I thought that he overacted his horror of the baby quite heavily. Yes. Malcolm. I yes. Mean, it was like he was, the child had a bowler. Yeah. He was going on about how she couldn't stop crying, but yeah. she was really just kind of grizzling. Yeah. Well, in fact, they'd added the crying. They dubbed the crying over the back of her happy head. Yeah. You every time she, she turned she around. Happy. Yeah. She's, a, she's a great little showbiz baby. Yeah. She just turns it on and turns she's it off. trained well. It's surprising really that they did leave the kid with him because I know they want to help him be a good dad, but he blatantly didn't. Like, he wasn't up for it. And he was still yelling out questions as they were walking out the yeah. door. I've done, like, You'll be fine. And, yeah. I've done lots of babysitting. And if I still had questions as the parent was walking out yeah. the door, the parent would He'd put say, their keys yeah. down and yeah. come and yeah. tell me. He was actually saying, do. I don't. I think he was like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. I cannot. Ah, you'll be fine. I cannot look after your child. Yeah, that's right. Don't leave yeah. me with her. There is a high chance she'll be injured or dead. And they said, if there's a problem, go next door to Carl and Susan. Don't ring us. We don't have our phones turned <laughs> so, At least they're dedicated to the no scream time. That poor kid, man. Anyway, so, of course, they have this montage of Mal- Malcolm crashing and burning mm. and trying to sing Incy Wincy and getting it wrong mm. and then getting Accidentally food. putting her in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> and he cracks and gets his iPhone and shows her a picture of a dog, which I think is quite sweet. When your child's with a stranger... The rules should go out the window. Mm. I've been babysitting and my iPhone has saved the day on many occasions yeah. by playing music or showing photos or taking videos. You just handed your iPhone over to a child. No, I hold it. Oh, that's that's very brave. They get scroll. <laughs> they do scroll. You've got to check either side before you yeah, hand it over. That's right. End up on a list. <laughs> um, anyway, so they come back and they're outraged yes. about the phone. Because she's Rudely the, outraged. Because she's staring at a photo of a dog. I mean, as we said, it's lucky the child's not dead and they are incensed. After he has protested and says, don't leave me with your child. please don't leave with your child. And then the only thing to do to make her happy was show the phone. And they, I mean, Sonia looked like she wanted to smack him one. Yeah. 
And Toadie's changed too, hasn't he? That's sad. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Where's his sense of fun? That's right. Gone to the day. a couple of dimmies down the... <laughs> that was disappointing. And that will be resumed in tomorrow's episode. So well, finally, we have Josh. Poor old Josh. He's the coward puncher. Which CJ, who normally does Neighbours with me, mm-hmm. has this theory that he didn't actually punch Chris. Because we didn't see it. It was all done like a whodunit. Right. And we're led to believe... I like that theory. We're led to believe that it was maybe Nate because um, he has a violent, his violent tendencies. Mm. Or this third party who's this bit player who had a couple of lines and wanted to get into the pub, but they wouldn't let him in. Oh, he absolutely did it. I can tell you already. Yeah, right. Okay. So we never hear from that guy again. And then Josh is just feels mortified and goes around moping and he hasn't got gel in his hair. So, you know, he's having a hard time. <laughs> and he is discussing the donation fund that he set up for Chris. Mm. He sold all of his sporting medals yeah. and apparently... $4.50. Yeah, he got some bids on eBay or whatever. Yeah. And So is Chris still at the recovery stage where he's only got a few words? He's only, yeah, he's... Like at the wedding? Yeah, he basically can say, I want to make a cup of... Oh, what's the word? Oh, oh, hot right. liquid. You put a bag in it. Yeah, yeah that's right, what right. he does. Let's tea you full. It's yeah. like, it's a constant game of charades with Chris. Okay. <laughs> It's... Every day's a parlor game at his house. Yes. Now, a month ago, when I first started Neighbours, there was an episode where Josh was trying to save the gym that he worked at, Dingo's Gym. Yes, I listened to that, I remember. And he was trying to save it by, handing, by handing out flyers. Finally, a month later, we follow up on this and we meet his boss. He's come to the waterhole. They have a catch-up and the boss says, remember how you were trying to save memberships and save the gym? Well, you failed. And as a, re- <laughs> <laughs> and as a result, I'm letting you go. Oh. Yeah. And then Josh says, is this really about memberships or is it because I coward punched that guy? Did he, now, did he say coward punch that He's guy? He's called himself a coward puncher on <laughs> various occasions. And invented the coward's punch name? Oh, the news media. Well, it was like Alan Jones or something. Yeah, it's yeah. a classy. Oh, that's way. right, because we used to call it a king hit, didn't yes. we? But then, uh, you know, we didn't want to think of them as monarchs. So exactly. <laughs> we had to change. Because <laughs> we have so much respect that's for royalty. Right. That's right. Give it old Prince Philip. <laughs> Prince Philip punch has got a great ring to oh, it, actually. actually. And he would punch a bitch, too. <laughs> so, Josh loses his job and plays a game of angry darts in the waterhole. Mm. And he says, I deserve to have lost my job. And they said, you've lost your job. They can't fire you for that. And you know what? If I found out my employer had knocked a guy unconscious by punching him at a party, I feel like that would be okay for me to fire my employee. No, innocent until proven guilty, Miss Pashos. But he confessed to it. Has there been a case? He confessed to it. He confessed to it. And there's going to be a case. Toadie's representing him. There's going to be a case. I think you'd have to wait until the case here. Just putting on my Toadie hat for a moment. I think like, you know, uh, you know, workplace, equal opportunity, Mm -hmm. um, torts, that sort of thing. So yeah, I concur. It's quite a recurring theme that when we discuss law on this podcast, we say the word torts. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) It's one of the few legal words we know on here. Well, me too. And I was a lawyer. So (laughs) it's one of the ones I've retained. That and the postal rule. Oh, what's that? No, you don't want to know. I'll I'll wait until it comes up for Toadie. Then Josh is down in the dumps and he turns up to sell his medals at the the pub. And guess who bought them? At the pub? Yeah. Like that was the meeting place. Oh, right. So he's just slipping around like those people trying to sell roses at pubs. <laughs> no, he hasn't got the box of medals. He's meeting the online punter and oh. it turns out that it's Daniel. 
Is it a nice thing or did he really want the medals? No, he's done it as a nice thing. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I no. thought he was just a closet collector. Nobody wants those medals. No, nobody does. No. And. But if anyone did, it would be that one. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So he's handed them back to Josh, says, you keep these and we'll, and the money will go to the fund and blah, blah, blah. That was very sweet. That is very sweet. Yeah. If right? he had have just donated and sold the medals, though, he'd have twice the amount of money. Well, he tried to do that. He said, well, I'll just keep them and sell them again. And Daniel says, no, you're not allowed to because they're mine. True, yeah. Again, so, a question for Toadie, but... Yeah, it's yeah. not going to stand Legally, up. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll come back down the track when one yeah. of them's worth a lot. Yes. Like one of them belonged to Kieran Perkins or something. <laughs> <laughs> Kieran Perkins. Kick it to me. All right, we'll, we'll take another word from our sponsor and then we'll catch up with how Malcolm's feeling as a father. Everything in your life will be going along smoothly. And then something happens out of the blue. Unfair dismissal. You attempt a homicide. Or you didn't shake hands when you agreed to co-own that second-hand car. And you have to get your affairs in order. But you never did legal studies. So now you need a good lawyer. But you can't really afford one. So you consider someone nearby you can trust. Well, someone nearby. Jared Rebecca Lawyers. No win, no charge. But if you could pay me anyway, that'd be sweet. I might have to go on the dole soon. Okay, so Mel, Malcolm, mm-hmm. is a deadbeat dad. Absolutely. He's ruined his babysitting afternoon with Nell. Toby and Sonia, meanwhile, understandably, feel guilty that they threw him over the hot coals. Oh, good. I didn't see that, so I'm glad that they felt guilty because yeah. they definitely overreacted. Yes. They come round to the Kennedys and they say, oh, my God, we were highly strung because we, we didn't have our phones on for two hours and we were... <sighs> Some going, little monsters. Yeah, we were going mental. And they've brought Nell back. Oh, enough Nell. I know. <laughs> Poor Nell. I know. She just wants to play she with her blocks. She wants to make those weird little noises like um, Nell from the movie Nell. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> when Jodie Foster was a forest lady and she spoke, made her own language. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can I hit... the wind. <laughs> <laughs> chick, 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 bye. It does sound like the noises mm. she was mm. making. Mm. They bring her back and they say, we want to leave her with you. And oh, God. the most amazing acting from this kid, they get this kid mid-nose pick. <laughs> she, it's like they said to her, okay, sweetie, look adorable. And they go to hand her over and she's got her finger up her nose. And then Toadie and, and Sonia do this amazing, I think it was improv, mm. where they both have to look at each other and, oh, I look apologetically like, oh, sorry, our kid's picking her nose. And, <laughs> sorry, she's revolting. Yeah, Take her. It was great. How do they um, get little Nell to be sad when they need her to be sad? Well, they probably just... Pinch her. Make her mum walk out of the room or something. Yeah, right. It's sad, isn't it? <laughs> or like Shirley Temple, they just told her one of her pets has died. Oh, is that true? <laughs> I don't know. sounds like a show business. <laughs> Remember that cigarette ad with the little nugget at um, Spencer Street Station when his mum ran away? That is heartbreaking. Yeah, see? They did some bad to that kid. I, I bet he's fucked up today. <laughs> I always... chain smoking. It was I, stress. I always wonder about that kid. I know. This is heartbreaking. But no, Nell's fine. She's good. She's nighter-bound, I think. Oh, good. Yeah. This babysitting stint, Toadie and Sonia stay there. Oh. They sit in the room. And he still kills her. On the couch behind him as he like sings to the kid. And then apparently that's all it takes for him to not be a failure as a parent. Right. Well, that is, resolved quickly. Is to sit with a child for 10 minutes while her parents <laughs> are a metre away. Did, they, did he sing the song? The same song? Was it Twinkle Twinkle Little Star? I don't know. Or Incy Wincy Incy Wincy. Yeah. He just... Look, Must he be just, public domain. He just had a chat with Nell hmm. and that was that. Yeah. And then it was time for him to go to the airport and go back to London. <laughs> Good trip all round. Yeah, he was here for less than a week. I don't even think he went to Queensland to visit his brother. Was there a, was there a twentieth anniversary party? There was a, a function. There was, was a twentieth anniversary clip show last Friday night. Oh, cool! Yeah, traditional. And, I yes, like that. it was traditional. And so we got 
quite horrible memories. It was all the affairs, all the, the deaths. Yeah, the slap. What about just, when um, she got amnesia and then ran into the kids going to the school dance dressed in seventies gear and thought it was just real life? And she was like, "Hey, swingers!" <laughs> <laughs> That's my number one favorite Susan memory. The amnesia made it in. <laughs> that was so good. The party she was didn't... like, oh, there's my friends. Oh my God, that's mm. the best. It didn't make the clip show. I'm sad about that. Anyway, see you later, Mel. He's gone. Bye. Now, here's the moment. Chris comes home and he's trying to settle in. And Josh comes in and he says, I just want to help. I just want to help. And Nate says, I thought I told you the other night to stay away. And then Chris says, what are you talking about the other night? And mm. so Nate has to say, oh, I threatened him. Kidnapped him, chucked him in a boot, yeah, didn't drove him to Frankston. Left out some of those details. Yeah. Just basically said, I nearly hit him, but I didn't. Okay. And they have this quite nice heart-to-heart where Nate said, I thought of you and I knew you wouldn't want me to beat him up, so I didn't. But then Carl and Susan come over, bring dessert, and Chris goes to get a plate and he can't say plate. And he oh. then he gets the plate and then he smashes it. And oh. then he has a very... What's his injury? Oh, a brain injury. I don't know because I wasn't listening properly when Carl explained it. In fact, he says at one point, I'm not going to be able to, to mechanic again. <laughs> Hunter just, Hunter just made a crude gesture. <laughs> well, that would be devastating if you could never do that again. <laughs> that would take a dark turn. And Carl has to ask Nate, are you ready to be a carer for Chris? No, he's not. I'll answer that for him. Okay. <laughs> well, Nate reckons he's good to go. Because oh. when he was in the army, he had to look after a lot of his mates yeah, that were hurt. Yeah. And if you are going to have a carer, you want one with PTSD, really. Yeah, exactly. So then we have... The day before, Paige has spotted Brennan pashing on with the villain, Dakota. Mm -hmm. And so Lauren says, just go talk to him. So she does go and talk to him, but she doesn't say, I saw you pashing another woman. Are you cheating on me? No, we can't give the game away. She just says, is there anything that you want to tell me? Yes. Have you done anything to hurt me? Yes, that's what I'd be doing is to entrap them. Yes. To strengthen your position. And he goes, nah. End of conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. Paige decides to just get revenge on Dakota. She goes down to the waterhole, sees Dakota working on her laptop, yells at her, picks up her martini and dumps it all over oh, the laptop. Oh, yeah. And I noticed that when the martini hit the keyboard, yeah. it made it scroll. So she must have really <laughs> pulled it with some force. Yeah. yeah. All those decaf martinis have a real weight yeah. to them. Well, it was clear. It was like a vodka martini. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Um, that woman, Dakota, is always drinking... Like James Bond esque drinks. Oh yeah, she's constantly like, "Mix yeah. me a drink." And... Well, she's a middle aged British woman with the name of a thirteen year old American girl, so <laughs> you've got a drink to get through, don't you? Yes, yes. Now it takes us to the end of the week, Friday, which we just enjoyed together. We this, did this very afternoon. We just celebrated it. Matt wants to make things up with Lauren. Yes, they've decided they're going to work on their marriage and they're going to fix it by having a barbecue. So they're preparing for the barbecue. This is the entirety of the Matt and Lauren storyline on Friday. They're preparing for the barbecue. This is as exciting as it gets for them, a barbecue. He comes home and she's writing in a journal. Mm -hmm. A journal makes it very difficult for us, the audience, because we can't read that journal. (laughs) Although they could do that thing, you know, where they frantically scribble and you hear their speaking voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my husband won't talk to me anymore, so I'm writing in my journal. Actually, on TV, we usually only hear from journals when they fall into the wrong hands. And then someone reads them aloud to a large audience. So I bet she writes something down about how Brad's hot and we'll find that down the track. Yes, yes, yes. You should write that down. 
So a Friday episode opened, and I know I've been in and out of the show this week, but it, it opened with um, Valance Page sat at that same bench in front of the yes. lake, where I think is where we've seen her three episodes previously. Yeah. So she's obviously just spent most of the week there. Yeah. And the action come, has come to her, really, and, hasn't it? Yeah. She's That's been, where she saw the pash. She's too. been in the same outfit. Too. Yeah, just waiting. Dakota's laptop's ruined. Ruined. But it's okay because she's got everything on the cloud. That's right. The cloud. Again, very topical. What else is on there? It's you know ve- what I mean? It's very topical, but problematic when you're a shonky international jewel thief. <laughs> you don't want to be keeping shit on the cloud. Why are you putting information on the cloud? That's very true. She's got her $100 notes in shoeboxes. Why has she got information on but the cloud? But her bank statements in the cloud. <laughs> then the AFP officer... <laughs> Has made an appointment with Brennan at his house. Mm. So he... And she does that classic female bit part acting where they've been cast as a policeman, so they play it as the surliest lesbian they can, you know? <laughs> Hello, yes. <laughs> I've, come in, I've come in a uh, sensible pant. They're not like American TV cops, uh, lady cops, no, who are just no. gl- all glam yeah. all the time. Yeah. So Brennan's all sad. He has a coffee with Sonia, who counsels him, and somehow knows, even though she's been on a digital detox, that <laughs> that Callum, who's living in the US, because he made an app and he got to do an internship in San Francisco. What? I know. Yeah. God, I'm really impressed by that idea. Yeah. How old is he? 16. Oh, so he's a child genius, is yeah. he? Oh. Yeah. And where Ka- Sonia reveals, he got himself locked into Alcatraz. <laughs> And we get half a sentence of that story. And I think that's enough of a story that could have made up 15 yeah, minutes. Absolutely. Well, half a season. That'll come back. That'll come back. Why don't we... Yeah, I just wish... One he... of the days when the good men and women of Erinsville were happy to work their days out at the coffee shop. Yeah. No, that's... Well, Paige, Paige is happy to be there. Yeah. As long as she gets off that park bench and does a shift. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, Brennan confides in Sonia. She says, why don't you actually talk to your partner? Great advice. Great advice. And he's been calling her Pay. Props to Brennan for actually shortening a one-syllable name. Yes. Pay. Well, my name's Hunter. You do a good job of shortening mine to Hunt, which it's, I think is cute. Uh, some Not people, particularly nice sounding. Some it? people think it sounds rude, and I enjoy <laughs> that reaction. Hello, Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, Brennan, even though he's got problems with his undercover work, just goes, eh, I'll just keep going with this, and rolls up to Dakota's hotel room, and she answers the door in a towel dress. Mm. Hello. <laughs> I've just shifted to something more comfortable. <laughs> And I'm always fascinated by these women in movies and TV that can have towels wrapped around them because, number one, for me, they don't always go all the way around. It's the depressing story of my life. And they don't stay up. Mm. So I think it's quite a feat that Mm. you can keep the towel dress on and up. She's bang up for it, isn't she? Bang up for it. Bang up. She's like a Gabby British honey trap. Yeah. And she nips into the bathroom, and as she does that, he goes through her phone and finds the shipment order for the jewels. Mm-hmm. Right there. Very easy to find. Yeah, just straight away on her phone. What's well, on the cloud, so. Yeah. yeah. He takes a photo of the phone, and it makes that really loud camera noise yes. on the iPhone. You yes. know what it happens to me when I'm trying to take secret photos? Yes, I got a person photo of someone on the tram once with that. <laughs> so she comes out. Yeah. And she's like, mm, yeah, you ready to put it in me? Sorry. <laughs> Um, but then he's like, oh, no, I've got to go. Well, what's his excuse? It was something genius. He said his hot water services turned yes, off. Yes, that's right. And um, she's like, well, call, call a plumber. She comes up with 12 reasons yeah. why he doesn't actually yeah. need to go home. Yeah. And they are all valid. I know. They are but like still a bit desperate. Yeah, they were like, yeah. have a shower here. Have a shower. Call a plumber. <laughs> Get your housemate to yeah, sort it out. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's an, it's an emergency. And he's out of there. For a policeman who has to go undercover, he's terrible with cover stories. Mm. Brennan's leaving the hotel and he runs into Paige in the lift. Mm. 
And they used some very clever camera work to convince us he was in a lift. He walked into what looked like a room and then they just shot the uh, five, four, three, two of the showing you what Brilliant. level he's on. Yeah. And then cut back to him. So we got the impression, even though he was just stood up against a partition wall. Fantastic. Which I liked. Well, my problem with Neighbours is my head is often down and I'm tweeting or mm. I'm jotting some notes down mm. for this. Mm. So I sometimes miss crucial visual details. Mm. Well, I mean, I didn't, I've never seen the, what is the Lasseter's Tower but I didn't think it would have more than five stories, but I was wrong. No, because the Apollo lives on the penthouse, in the penthouse. Oh, does he? Yeah. What level is that on? Five. <laughs> <laughs> it's got great views of the lake, apparently. That's absurd because you would be able to see that tower all the time. But we don't and ever... And just sat by the lake for days on end. But She'd we... be in the shadow of the tower. But she doesn't look up. Oh, of course. Paul then goes to the lake where he meets Therese, who hasn't had much to do. For the last couple of weeks mm. and as much as I like to complain about Therese turns out I really like to complain about Therese and I miss her when she's not around yeah. and she's so, quite animated yes she animates all over relaxo face yeah Lauren yeah and so Paul meets her at the lake I don't know why but at that moment he because I guess because he needed someone to tell this to mm. and he takes off his wedding ring to Jane Hall Rebecca mm. and yes. says I'm ready to move on and then piffs it into the lake yes which you predicted yeah I started writing down in my notes Paul throws ring into lake before he'd even taken the ring off his yes. finger. Now, this reminded me of uh, a really, one of my favourite vintage storylines. Oh. Does it remind you of anything? No. Well, there was a, a, a beautiful woman once called Ruth. She was married to Phil. Um, and yes. they, he, there, was a, there was a nice ring involved somehow. Anyway, long story short, they lost Ruth's precious ring in the lake. So they spent the whole episode trying to find it in the lake. Oh and then God. eventually they fished it out with the fishing rod. And it was all fun. And then later in the episode, they're all celebrating and Ruth had the ring back on. Yeah. And then they posed for a family photo in front of the lake. And then Ruth threw her hands in the air and said, this is marvellous. <laughs> and then the ring flew off and went back into the lake. And then the episode, the kids were like, oh. and then Ruth looked at her finger, looked at the lake and said, oh, well, say la vie. And that's how I learned no. what say larvae. Oh, that's not true because of the song from Bewitched, but it was around the same time. That's an amazing story. And do you know what happened last week, no. the night before Georgia and Kyle's wedding? No. Everything started going wrong because of a bad luck curse. And then he dropped their wedding ring into the lake. Into the lake. Into the lake. You know what? And then if he... um, Dakota drained that lake, yeah. she'd probably get more diamonds out of that than she would out of her international drug smuggling ring. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Finally, this is the last... and. Look, if ever there was an afterthought storyline, <laughs> it's this one. And it's Lou starts off by buying Bailey a milkshake in exchange for the phone number of his girlfriend's sassy grandmother. Yeah. Girlfriend, we've already discussed how I think that's a stretch. Yeah, you don't think Bailey plays nope. for that team? Nope. I think he's... The problem is, Hunter, that we already have exceeded our gay quota. We have two gay characters, which is that's already right. a lot for Ramsey Street. That's right. And I don't, I don't expect the character to be gay. I just expect him to take, start taking an extracurricular interest in the gay neighbours. Oh, okay. In the gaybers. Have oh. you been calling them gaybers? Because you can have that. That's great. Oh, no, I haven't. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, what a gift you've brought me. <laughs> so we discovered last week that because Lou's writing erotic fiction. Which is genius, by well, the way. Yeah. Well, Carl's writing it and Lou's peddling it under his name. And now he's got Lou a... knows those sort of people. Smutty people. Yeah. Well, one of his fans is Bailey's girlfriend's grandmother, who is like Marsha Hines and, and glamorous and amazing. And she likes to enjoy the erotica of E.M. Williams in her spare time. And now Lou's decided he wants her phone number. And they go on a date that we don't get to see 
And Lou says, it went well. Hopefully I'll get to second base with her next time. Uh, to his 15-year-old grandson, who has already at the start of this week had to hear about how Kyle was trying to get it on with his wife in oh, the yeah. wedding suite. He's had a big week, hasn't he? It's been a traumatic week for that kid. He's like a not very... He's like a, people aren't threatened by him. They're willing no. to share. Even yeah. old men, old perverts. And that's it. Any and any impressions, standout characters for you that you hadn't met before? Well, look, talent-wise, I was genuinely impressed by Valance. Yep. I thought she was really good. I only heard that she was on the show a couple of days ago yep. because Valance was tweeting at her. Holly? Um, yes. Oh. I don't follow her, but it came, came into my feed somehow. How do you think Holly feels about it? This is like the after-the-show bit where we can talk sassy about them. <laughs> so what do, you think, what do you think Valance thinks of her being on Abbott's? Because she's gone on to she's gone on to bigger and better things. I'm sure, and by that I mean she married a billionaire. I'm sure she's probably pretending that she can't watch it because she's overseas, even though yeah. she probably oh, could. Yeah. I just can't catch it. I just yeah, yeah I can't get um, catch up TV on my. Um... Oh, it's geo blocked. Yeah, geo blocked. So she. Can't oh, but watch. she definitely lives in London though. Part of me thinks that she'd be bitter, but would have to act cool. Yeah. And the other part of me thinks, oh look, she's married to a billionaire. Maybe she just thinks, good on you. Do you think Holly misses it? The acting chops. Uh, I don't think she misses Neighbours, but she probably misses. Um, playing those corpses that she did on CSI or something a few years ago. <laughs> I have one more thing I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, I wanted to show off and tell everyone about when I played the um, awkward orderly at the deathbed wedding of Sister Mary Carmella. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? <laughs> Are we going to admit that we met how we met? How we oh, became do you not, friends? Do you not talk about that on the podcast? I haven't yet. <laughs> no, we don't have to do it then. <laughs> Uh, let's just... Do you think it's a bit too behind? Is it too behind the curtain? Let's just say we met. No. We met in in, in the showbiz world. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've blown your cover. I know this feeling where you hide it because it's humiliating, but I didn't know. Didn't know that you hid it. But if people listening are fans of the show, they might think it's cool. <laughs> I was a uni student, and I didn't mind some the odd bit of pocket money. And so I became an extra. You sound like you're justifying being a sex worker. I was at uni, I needed the money. <laughs> so I, I sometimes played a patient at Erinsborough Hospital. Yep. Okay, I got That's to where wear, we met at the hospital. I got to wear my pyjamas. Yep. It was a great day. Yep. You had leukaemia, I think. I um, was an orderly, which sucked because I always had to push the people in the wheelchair. Yeah. yeah. But then there was the day that I was in the scene where Carmella, who was the sassy lady who became a nun, remember her? Yeah. And then um, won a Logie, which was weird. Yeah. Because I think it family That's new talent. It. Anyway, yeah. side story. Carmella's husband was dying oh. and she did a walk to remember style deathbed wedding. Wow. Yeah. And I got to hold a rose and, and, uh-huh. um, and give her final rights with Dr. Carl. Wow. Well, the iconic moment that I partook in was I got to be evacuated from Lou's Place, the pub, as it burnt down. Lou's Place? Yes. It was called Lou's Place and it was burning down and it was just after Carl and Izzy were going to get married, but it didn't happen. So they had this party in the pub and then it caught fire and then we all had to be evacuated. Did Toadie's ponytail get burnt in that fire? Yes. Oh, God. And and that was celebrated by many. Oh, was it? Yeah. I think on the show. So that was the silver lining to Lou's livelihood being burnt to the ground. Oh. oh, well, that was good. I'm sorry to drag you back That's there fine. If, that if, I, time of your life. if I keep this in, this will be a nice tidbit. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Thanks, Hunter, for coming in at the last minute. That's okay. And if you would like to chat, you can hashtag Neighbours and tweet at NeighboursPod and look us up on Facebook. I haven't really done anything on Facebook yet, but you nah, can... Facebook's dead, mate. Nah, you can just go, go like the page. I'll, I'll think of something to put on there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.